night. And um, Wednesday night is such a, uh, it's supposed to be a different type of service. It's supposed to be focused so that we can plug into the Word of God and sometimes take enough time to consider something in the Word that um, isn't just the obvious. And I hope that that's what we can do tonight. And uh, it's so good to see Ashley uh, was with us Saturday for the first time. And um, she met Diana in, in the grocery store. And we are delighted she's back with us tonight. Yes. Amen. And then, Buck, it's so good to have you back feeling better. We miss you whenever you're not here. And everybody else, the Lord bless you. And um, is, is David working tonight? <coughs> We'll, we'll pray for David tonight, too, when we have prayer. Why don't we go before the Lord right now? Let's remember all that the Lord is going to do here tonight. We don't want to just say that we went to church, but the goal is, is that God could somehow plant something inside of us tonight that yes. would help us to be able right. to be uh, all yes. that the Lord wants us yes. to be. I'm, are you ready for change in your life? Yes. Amen. Yes. That, that's, that's a huge step for all of us because none of us like change. But right. to be able to do that... And my desire and my prayer is that we could change because God's word shapes us. Amen. So let's pray about that. Let's ask the Lord tonight to bless um, and the service. I know Brother Sister Short are out of town. Uh, this, this is their um, fall week off with their, with their kids. And so they are, they are out of top pocket tonight. But uh, let's just pray for, the, for uh, those who are not here tonight. Lift them up in prayer. And uh, we will trust that the Lord can help us. Uh, and then we're just praying for God to continue to do great things in Chelsea. I love all the guests we have and everything going on. And uh, it's time to get a Bible study going and uh, just watch, watch things progress. Amen. So let's pray and ask the Lord for his guidance and his help tonight. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, thank you so much for the word of God tonight that you're able to talk to us. But, Lord, it would not just be Logos, but, Lord, it would be that rhema. It would be that spoken word tonight that would, uh, Lord, activate and awaken us. Lord, let it be seed that would be planted in our spirit, in our minds, in our hearts. Let it be, Lord, a, a, a setting aside of things that are lesser important, that we might make the things of God's kingdom of the utmost importance. Lord, I pray for those who are sick and afflicted. Uh, Lord, for this family that they just lost their father with COVID, I pray for these four children, Lord, that you'd undertake and move in this situation. I pray, Lord, tonight for the short family while they're out of town, Lord, that you bless them richly. Thank you for each and every one that has come here tonight. Lord, we pray that your will would be done, and Lord, all of this will give you thanks and praise, but we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't we turn to page 214, uh, and uh, one of our oldies but goodies here, and uh, if you need to be seated while you're singing, you're welcome. I don't mean to keep you standing.
my comfort in trouble he's my stay he tells me every care on him to grow he's a lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul all my grief has taken and all my sorrows mourn in temptation he is my strong and mighty tower I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart and now he keeps me by his power though all the world forsakes me and Satan tempts me sore through Jesus I shall safely reach my goal he's a lily of the valley the bright and morning star he's the fairest of to my soul. He will never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. Of all of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory, blessed face where rivers of delight shall ever flow. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Praise the Lord. Would you worship him tonight? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, you're a wonderful Savior. Lord Jesus, to feel your presence, to know of your abiding love, Oh, God, to feel, Lord, your care and your love and your concern. Lord, thank you for being here tonight, for blessing the people, Lord. Thank you for your kindness to us. Oh, Lord, we worship and we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, mighty God. We thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, before we begin our Bible study, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, we have pretty much normal, uh, we need to do it. <clears throat> Lord, Brother Buck, would you be willing to do our offering for me, if you don't mind? Thank you for your giving. And uh, thank you. Our next... Um, Special event is going to be what somewhere around the seventh of November, um, and I will give you more details as we get a little closer to that. But our brother Kraft is still planning on being here with us, and uh, looking forward to him. Uh, we did everyone like the Saturday afternoon lunch and word? Okay, so we probably will try that again, and just um, while we while we have brother Kraft because. Uh, there may be things you want to know about the mission, uh, all that the Lord is doing in that. And, uh, of course, Brother Kraft is retired now. He's no longer on the mission field. But um, he was a man who was able to go all over the world because he was known as a missions evangelist. And so he would, or teacher, Bible teacher. And so he would go to um, many countries. He lived in Austria. 
and uh, but he actually would travel all over the world. And uh, I can't wait for you all to meet him if you've never met him before. He is a man who cares about the church and will want to see good things. And he will give us some good uh, principles. Again, I be careful not to tell him what to preach. I want him to come and just be able to feel like he can uh, share the word of God with us. And so that'll be a Saturday luncheon and a message from the from the missionary, and then and then he'll teach Sunday morning and then preach uh, in our service. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. If we want to change it after that, we can. And uh, but looking for the best solution that fits your time, and yet also we get to hear these special men and women who come and be with us, that they are able to share the word of God and help us. So uh, please remember, um, but little sister, your wife is okay? Okay, all right. I, I'm just catching on here as I pay attention. And uh, if we need to pray, I want to have special prayer for Sister Lily. God is so good. Uh, what about a testimony? Now, anybody want to talk about, are you all receiving of the word? Have you, did, you, did you enjoy this last weekend with the Ericsons? That was very enriching to me. Um, I may actually go and write all that out. Uh, it was so good. And, you know, I learned, seemed like I learned more when I, when I finally look up the verses and everything right from the get-go. Uh, but teaching us about having a burden and that we want the best burden of the Lord, right? We don't want to just have a cheap burden that is uncaring or caustic, but we want to be truly, we want God's will to be done. And then that message Sunday morning in our Sunday school lesson on temptation was uh, just beyond um, a good message. That was amazing. And uh, that had so many helps in it that would help us to understand that uh, we need to joy in our problems and trials, not just uh, feel like the, the Lord's mad at us. Amen. And then, and then um, how did you like the message on God is preparing a fish? I thought that made a lot of sense. Praise the Lord. Brother Foster, we are so glad to have you tonight. If you'll let me have you testify, we want you to because we always, Brother Foster is here working on his building in Bartlesville, but we are so glad to get him to come out and be with us on a Wednesday night. And, um, uh, and we need to have, I, I was a little bit jealous of my time and even though I knew he was going to be here, I was going to teach tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you all to forgive me because Brother Foster, really I should just let him have the pulpit and go right now. Uh, but we will get Brother Foster in connected so that we can plan it and have you all well aware because this man will bring you the word of God. But Brother Foster, come up here. We appreciate you so much. And we want you just to leave us a good word. Amen. I love Brother Erickson. I love Sister Erickson more. <laughs> yeah, Brother Erickson thinks I do things for him, but I, he's wrong. I do it for Sister Erickson. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be here, and I won't stay long. Uh, just, uh, but I will share something that that uh, we uh, we talk to our church about every every service, and that is that um, you don't, uh, there's three things that if you will always 
do three things. You will always walk away with something good. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about when the, the preacher drops his watermelon? Right? Well, the reality is, is the preacher can drop the watermelon. But if you have these three things going, you can reach into that cord and get the sweetest part of it. Right? So there's three things you all need to make every church experience full and complete. There's three things. The first thing is, when you come to church, the number one thing is to connect with God. That's what we're doing here. We want to connect with God. Everybody say, connect with God. All right. So if you'll come in here with the attitude, I'm here first and foremost to connect with God. Amen. And then, of course, secondary to that uh, is connect with one another. The second thing you need to have every time you come to a service to make it full and rich experience for yourself is you need to comprehend. And that word comprehend is a very strange word, but what it really means is to absorb what's going on. Absorb the word. Absorb the experience. All right? And so you need to connect with God. You need to comprehend. And the third thing, you always leave here with commitment or recommitment. Recommit to being the best, living the best life ever. All right? So uh, we te we, we've been uh, t teaching our church constantly the three C's. Connect, comprehend, and commit. If you will do those three things at every service, I'm telling you that you will always get something out of your church experience that's exciting, that's life-giving, and that you're willing, that you're walking out here saying, oh, I was so thankful I went to church today. You know, I tell my church all the time about uh, a man, he woke up in the morning and he said, um, looked at his wife, said, I don't want to go to church. He says, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, um, you know, the people really don't love me at that church. She said, really? He said, and besides, you know, it did, you know, I'm, I'm just old hat to them. She said, really? And she, finally she said, just, just, you got to go to church. You don't have a choice. Finally, he says to her, give me one good reason why I shouldn't go to church. She said, you're the pastor. There you go. Thank you for that deep insight. <laughs> I love to go to Billy Foster's church because um, he has a core group of people there that are that believe in that church. They, and that's and that's what I feel about here. You all have a have a, a deep respect for what God is doing, and. Um, and they have fun there. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. And uh, I appreciate those three C's. I'm going to remember that. That's excellent. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord is good. Anything else before I go any farther tonight? Ashley, I said it was great to have you. It is really good to have you. Get this thing working.
Uh, <clears throat> turn with me in your Bibles tonight to Philippians chapter 1. And to keep things to the minimum of reading, I'm just going to begin with verse number 12. And I'm going to read through 18, 12 through 18. <clears throat> and um, I'm going to talk to you tonight about singleness of mind. I'm, I'm going to use Paul as our example. And I'm going to say that our fulfillment, again, going, I think, right along with what Brother Foster just said, is going to be that when we make up our mind that we want God's will to be done in our life more than anything else, and that's something we're attaining for, all of us start somewhere in our walk with God, and God has to work in our lives. So by no means am I being disrespectful to anyone when I talk about wanting more. I don't, don't take me wrong. Uh, I thank God for what you have in your walk with God. I thank God for all the Lord has done for you. I just want you to have more. I just want you to be able to have a focus like you've never had before. And then uh, Philippians 1, verse 12, But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out. That's a lot like Brother Foster's watermelon preaching that I was just... <clears throat> uh, things that have... Uh, that things which happened unto me have fallen out, rather, unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all the places, and in other places. And many of the brethren in, in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. How often are we as Christians stopped dead in our tracks when things don't go the way that we thought they would or we didn't have enough uh, money to do a good enough job or somebody else did something and, and, or there was another event going on in our district or, you know, just a myriad things can happen where all of a sudden we feel like that we didn't get uh, the full benefit of what we are meant and intended to do. And it stops us dead in our tracks, and we uh, are caught off guard. Praise the Lord, y'all. God bless you for being here tonight. Good to have you. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that was Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. You could be seated. Lord, I pray that you bless the word of God tonight. Lord, we need that understanding of your word. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Blessed now we pray in Jesus' name, amen. It seems like when we try to do something great for God's kingdom, it seems like, as I said, not everything goes like we really had planned it to. And I want to kind of get beyond that tonight. And I want to, I want to get you to realize that Paul's incredible perception here was that he realized that no matter what happened to him, no matter what the circumstances were, and no matter what the trials were, 
Paul was going to see the gospel preached, and he was thrilled about it. Amen. Often things go, go, they don't go the way that we had planned, the way that we thought. Something or someone messes it up or, or whatever the reason, and we just feel like um, our little world collapses and we're failed. But the, I want to see tonight that failure is not, there is no such thing as failure whenever you have a singleness of mind that you want this gospel to touch people. There is no greater payoff than when you finally see something could be said, something could be done that will impact and help people. Amen. It doesn't always fit in my cute little box I made. I thought I made it for. Got it all wrapped and everything and found out it didn't fit. Um, it's, but there are necessary things that I must do and be tonight and simply to realize that the only thing God needs is a willingness, a willing vessel, and his truth and the potential of the gospel reaching our world is there. It's never been about an organization. It doesn't matter if we, where our organization is placed in other or, religious organizations, that's got nothing to do with that. It doesn't matter how big we are. It doesn't matter how many churches we have in the state of Oklahoma. It doesn't even matter tonight. Uh, thank God for all of you that are here. None of those things matter. All that matters is, is that that word could touch a life and something changes that we do not comprehend. Amen. More than anything, Paul had a desire that he would be able to preach the gospel in Rome. Now remember, Rome was the empire. And Rome... That city was located, and it was the place of enterprise. It was the place of government. It was the place of politics. It was the place of, of strength, of no doubt sports and everything else. Everything was its most prominent in that city. And Paul knew that with his singleness of mind, he wanted to get the gospel to touch the entire world. And why not better to make up your mind to go to the very centerpiece of where that gospel could do the most work? Amen. Rome would be the key city of Paul's missionary work. Now, he said, and, and all the way back in Acts 19, verse 21, he said, uh, here, here he was, at, talking about after he had been there in Jerusalem, he said, I must also see Rome. It was always in Paul's mind that he was going to go to Rome. This was, I want to show you the mandate of Paul. In Romans 1 and 15, uh, while he was in Corinth, he wrote this, so as much as is in me is, I am ready, in other words, eager or anticipating to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I'm telling you, this was, this was a focus, this was a purpose to the Apostle Paul. He knew that if he could get the gospel into Rome and people would be filled with the Holy Ghost and people would be baptized in Jesus' name and there could be a church that would begin there, that anything was possible. Paul had such a focus. He was able to say this in Philippians 1 and 12. He said that the things which happened unto me were all good to bring about the gospel. Boy, that's, that's hard for me to comprehend that. 
but I'd like to get around this tonight. I'd like to get into our lives where we're, where we're really living and be able to say that, that it's not a good day versus bad day. It's not more money or less money. It's not uh, any of these things that so oftentimes are the focus and the, and the purpose of a human being wanting to be successful. But what if I could ever turn your attention to say that everything Paul had happened to him, he used for the furtherance of the gospel. Praise the Lord. This single purpose of Paul to get to Rome would open the Roman Empire. But it all began with problems. <laughs> it wasn't just a fleeting moment that Paul looked at his calendar on his iPhone and, and said, you know, it's time to go to Rome. But this is, as I've shown you in these three places, that his purpose was to get to Rome, but also we can backtrack and look at all the events that happened to Paul and, and just consider these things for just a moment with me. First, Paul is arrested in the temple in Jerusalem because they said he had a perverse doctrine. It all started there when they were going to stone him. And they had to take him out of the city to protect him. This is the beginning of Paul's purpose to get to Rome. And I'm showing you all these things tonight to show you that don't worry about all the issues in your life. Don't worry about the things that were done well and the things that were not done well. But man, have a mandate to, that I am going to be that vessel the Lord wants me to be. And anything is possible. Amen. The Jews thought that Paul had desecrated the temple and, and that he was going to bring in the Gentiles with him. And when that happened, boy, things got hot there fast. And the Romans at the same time thought that he was a renegade, that he was, that he was a bad for the community because he was speaking out and he was not afraid. He had a boldness to him and his message. They didn't understand anything about the gospel, but they didn't like the way that he was willing to stand in front of people and tell them what they should know. You see, Paul was both a political and a religious prisoner in Caesarea. That's why he got to Caesarea. That's why he was taken in bonds. Because that Rome thought he was a political problem and the Jews thought he was a religious problem. And so he stayed as a prisoner in Caesarea for two years in bondage. Talking about a singleness of mind to preach in Rome because you know what's going to be for the good of the gospel. And these are the things the Apostle Paul had to go through in order to be able to reach that and see it fulfilled. <clears throat> when he finally appealed to Caesar, which of course was a privilege of every Roman citizen, he was sent to Rome. And this began his process. But now as he's on his trip to Rome, what happens? He, he goes in perilous times in the sea. 
all those people on that ship, and they, and they cast out all the, the burden, all of the, 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 the things that they were transferring, all the benefit, all the profit, and they threw it all overboard, and, and, and they lost hope, and they weren't eating, and they were fearful for their lives, and, and day and night was in darkness. It was so dark, the storm that would come upon them. After three, now the ship is wrecked, and, and they are cast and brought into the island of Malta. And finally, after three months, Paul stays on the, on the island of Malta. Now he's finally back on the road to his purpose of Rome once again. It seemed like if we looked at each of these things, we'd say, man, Paul, you failed. You didn't... You didn't redeem the time. You weren't very good with your scheduling. You certainly didn't get this job done very quickly. It sure took you a long time, Paul, to get there. Are you sure you heard from God? Are you sure you did everything like you're supposed to? Maybe this is nothing less than God's judgment, Paul. But somehow Paul saw every single thing that it was all part of God's plan. Now consider with me tonight. If Paul had just got on his Learjet and had the bucks to pay and had the best hotels and got to Rome, what would have been the nucleus of potential candidates he could have preached to? would have been pretty limited, wouldn't it? Just the upper sect, only those who are the elitist would have gotten invited to some of the parties. But that wasn't what happened to Paul. Paul said all these things happened in order for the furtherance of the gospel. What he was saying is, look at my potential group of people now I can touch. Here he is, and in, 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 uh, soldiers watching over him. Those soldiers would watch over him six hours a day, so four different sets of soldiers would watch him every day. And of all those times, think of those people, and, and six hours for Paul to talk to that man. Six hours, he couldn't leave his side, he was chained to him. And Paul would preach, and, and of course history, uh, historians tell us of some of the converts that Paul made through that period of time. Don't measure the chaos in your life, but see it for good because God is still the one who schedules us and who times us and who places us. He empowers us and he has a vision and purpose for us. Amen. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter what the cost is. But I believe that also in this process of time, it would, it would awaken Paul's yearning and hunger for God's will to be done. If I can get to Rome, we will see a revival. We will see the kingdom of God increase. When the Bible talks about the furtherance of the gospel, that word furtherance is, is really a military term, a Greek military term, 
but a means to a pioneer advance. In other words, a means to press into territory or places that have never been inhabited before. There's a lot of territory tonight in your life and mine that God has placed where we can press into new territory. Amen. Instead of finding himself confined as a prisoner, Paul instead discovered that his circumstances opened up new possibilities of ministry. The soldiers going before the political king in order to stand before the king, being able to touch those who were also in Rome at that time. Instead of finding himself confined, instead of measuring his confinement as something negative or something that debilitated him, Paul saw it as the very thing that opened up the door for him to be able to do great things. I heard the story of a man who wrote a letter to a well-known evangelist. And that letter was a word of encouragement to him. He didn't know him. And later on, three more letters came and, and the evangelist was quoted as saying that each one became more and more effective and meaningful to him. And so the man, because he didn't know him, wanted to find out. And so when he came back in the area where the letters came from, he inquired only to find out that the man was blind. He had one leg cut off through the war. He had diabetes. He had heart issues. And he was watching his invalid mother and taking care of her. And yet the man found a ministry. The man found a ministry. We all know the story of Charles Spurgeon as one of these great, incredible uh, preachers of his day and hour. And and um, but, but did you know it was his wife who became an invalid in their marriage in their early years to where she could not hardly leave her house? And seemingly while he was going from city and, and country to country preaching the gospel, she would be at home praying for him. But it was in that time that as he wrote books to help people that he found out that she, this is Susanna, uh, found that there were many people who could not afford the books at that time because of the cost of literature was extremely high in those days because this was back in the 1800s. And so she, she created a fund, a book fund, it was known as. And simply, people began to donate and she was able to take the books of her husband and get them into the lives of people that would have never been touched. Finding a ministry, realizing that God has a purpose, having a singleness of mind in our lives tonight that will set us about looking at our day differently than ever before, but be able to say, Lord, if you would allow this, I will give my best, I will do my all, and Lord, just help me to do it for the right purpose.
really the three things that affected Paul was his chains, his critics, and, and his crisis that he was in. But God had a way of helping him and letting him win and take the gospel to new unknown places like never before. The furtherance of the gospel, even while these things were occurring and happening. How many times does that young person say, when I finally finish high school, I'll work for God. When I finally finish with college and all of its costs, I'll finally live for God. When I finally find my spouse, I get married and we have our family, then I'll live for God. And we who are older snicker at that because we understand and know that that's not the way it works. The way it works is, is that we have to find that ministry today. Amen. So you're not hearing me tonight to be critical on us. I thank God for you. I just want you to realize that if you allow me to as a human being, I can tell you which days this week were good and which days were bad. I can divide them out based on, you know, what days the check came in and what, how many times the check has to go out. <laughs> right? I can, I can, I have, I'm very creative. I can come up with all sorts of ways to talk about uh, good and bad, successful or failure in my life. But I'm telling you tonight that those things are a misaligned focus. God said today, today, you could do something for me. It is his seed that simply has to fall upon the ground. It doesn't matter where it falls. It doesn't matter if it's good ground or bad ground. It doesn't matter if it's thorny ground, stony ground, thin soil, or deep, rich dirt. The gospel can change the lives. And sometimes I wonder if those four soils aren't really more like every one of us, each of us, having four potentials in our life every day. For will I let the cares of life minimize my focus for God? And will I be carried away with every thing that's going on? Every new series, every new focus? Will I, will I allow the Word of God? I hear a good message on Sunday or Wednesday and I go home and I never focus on God again until the next time I go to church? Thin, shallow ground. The soil, the seed comes up, but it doesn't have any growth. It doesn't have any strength to, to be what it wants. Those thorns coming up around it, choking it out because the cares of life. I've, I've got my job. I've, I've got a, a, another dentist bill. I've got this. I've got that going on. And we forget God in the middle of all of our struggles. Or are we going to be that soil tonight? Kind of like what Brother Foster said about receiving that word. And just be able to say, God, with the help of God, I am going to take, and this is going to be seed for Kevin Erickson tonight. And I'm going to receive it. God has two concepts of, of regeneration. The first is what I've already mentioned, that he called us to be the mechanics of his growth, of taking the seed and casting it. 
and letting it fall on good and, and bad ground. But wherever it goes, it has a potential because there's life in the seed. But the other is the fact that every piece of fruit that produces from that tree, that inside of that tree, inside of that piece of fruit, are usually hundreds of seeds. Well, I guess not for peaches. <laughs> I guess I was thinking of a pomegranate. <clears throat> a seed, at least a seed. But God has put an ability for something to continue. Some things are new and fresh, and some things have to continue. But whatever it is, God has the same seed for the same purpose. Amen. All we have to do today is to realize that with a singleness of mind, God, that I could do your will. I'm not going to try to measure it by how many people are in church. That's, that's really not effective. I'm not going to measure it by how much money I have. That's, I, I have to trust that God can take care of me and help me no matter what my situation. But, oh, I can measure the fact that I say, Lord, thy will be done in my life. What a thrill it is tonight to know that God has placed in your life and in mine the opportunity to choose what we will do with the seed. Thank God for the days of Joseph in the Old Testament when he, now they're in, in Egypt and, and the famine has come and, and it's the famine, the, the dream that Pharaoh had seen and now comes the seven years of drought and, and every year it got worse and worse until finally the people came to Joseph and they said, we, we're hungry. And Joseph measured out food for them that they could have. And, and finally he said, uh, the, next, the next time they came, we're hungry. And he said, what can you give me? And, and they brought him and they sold him their land. And they, they sold him their oxen and their animals. All these things, each step was that more and more they rely, they would rely on that seed. But at the end, Joseph said, I'm going to give you not only enough seed for you to eat, to enjoy and live, but I'm going to give you seed for your animals and I'm going to give you seed for your planting because that's the vision God has for the church tonight is he wants to bless you with his word, not only to give you life and that more abundantly, to enjoy life to its fullest, to, to have a happy life living for Jesus, but also to be able to give you the wherewithal to be able to share that and invest There have been those times in my small little life and there have been people that have do thousands of times more than me I'm, so I'm not boasting whatsoever but I saw God move in a person's life who didn't come to church but we began to share with them the word of God just simple, just simple thoughts and little by little we won their confidence we won their friendship we won time and more and more we would invest in them. And little by little we saw a change that would change their life forever. And it's so rewarding to be a part of God's plan. The Apostle Paul had his critics. I would have thought it was at first reading that it was those in Rome that were opposing the doctrine of the gospel. But it wasn't. It was, the, it was his own countrymen, his own brethren in church. 
it seems as though the church had, had two different distinct thought processes. One was building and using the gospel for my own growth and development or using the gospel for the kingdom to grow. And Paul said, even when they, out of a wrong heart, and when they preach with a wrong purpose, and their intentions are wrong, their motives are wrong, their attitude is wrong, but Paul said, but thanks be unto God, the gospel is being preached. We really don't have a way to reason ourselves out today of being what God wants us to be. I think the Lord was not very happy when Moses said, I, I can't, I, I stutter. He was looking for a way out, wasn't he? And finally God said, I'll fix your stuttering. I still want you to go. <laughs> and I think today, it's when we, like Paul, get in that place where we finally realize, God, God didn't put me here in Chelsea, Oklahoma, in 2021 for no reason at all. But God wants to do great things through me. God wants to use me as I share this message and I see that seed fall on good ground and people's lives are going to be changed and good things are going to happen. Praise God. I wish I could transfer this sense of singleness tonight that you would realize that your life, every one of us in this room, your life is very, it's very purpose is to be that potential for God to do great things through you. And of course, the, the hard part of this is that we can't see into the future and we don't know what God could do. But we have to trust him tonight. And we have to say, Lord, I am going to purpose this life for the gospel. Would you stand with me tonight? This Sunday, the shorts are supposed to be back. I'd appreciate it if one or two of you would let Brother Short know that I stopped early tonight. Because <laughs> I fear he's got it in his mind that I am always late. <laughs> yeah. And, and tell him I did it purposely while he was gone. <laughs> we don't serve a hard taskmaster tonight. But we have a God tonight who's inviting you to be a part of this company that he has made, this, this plan that would reach this message to the whole world. And listen, the Apostle Paul himself said that the gospel was preached unto the uttermost parts of the earth in his hour, in his day. I think that we have to change our mindset of how we are, how I'm proving God, the gospel is reaching the whole world. I think all I need to be is just a willing vessel and trust that God is able to get this message wherever it needs to go tonight. Amen. Let's sing this song right now.